Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to League Castle, episode 14 of season 4. I'm Chris McPherson, your regular host, and we are looking forward to another bumper episode of League Castle, talking about the Denton Engineering Cup, obviously the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League as well. We're going to have a look, look at things a little bit differently this week. We're going to catch up with one of the uh, stalwarts of Newcastle Rugby League who racked up a milestone on the weekend. Uh, he is flying his trade in the reserve grade at the moment with the Northern Hawks, none other than Jade Porter. So we'll have a chat with him. Uh, we'll, of course, catch up to kick off the show with our stats man brought to you by Junkyard Skips, Josh Spiegelman, with all of his statistical analysis and the stats performers of the week. And uh, we'll pull that apart. We'll also have a chat about the round ahead with Josh and, and what's coming up. There's a bumper round uh, in terms of Denton Engineering Cup and Newcastle Rugby League to come. Uh, then we'll dig into the B-grade Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League competition, which is supported by Mex Club. Of course, Beaver Brewery are our supporter that bring you all the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League action. But we'll chat with Matt Garrick from Windale in regards to the B-grade and uh, how that competition is shaping up. It's one of the most even grades across all uh, in terms of the Newcastle Hunter and even the Newcastle Rugby League competitions. It is really throwing a blanket over the field, that one. So great to have a chat with him. Of course... All of our content does go up onto our social media channels. So whether it's our weekly scoreboards brought to us by our great sponsors who we'll get to in a moment, or it's uh, all of the stats uh, data, all the other information that we share regularly, the the punter tips, all those bits and pieces, they're either on our Instagram, AU or Facebook, AUS. So make sure if you're not already that you've liked and followed the Facebook page and that you're following us on Instagram. Uh, we do have a little bit of a giveaway, which we'll talk about if we can hit some milestones with our Instagram page. So make sure you're sharing that around as well and listen into the segment with Josh for that. And as I alluded to before, all of our scoreboards and our content is brought to us by our great sponsors. I've talked about Junkyard Skips already in the opener. They are a proud supporter of our Statsman Player of the Year and make it so that we are able to give away $150 cash to our end of year winner as well as $150 to the charity of their choice. On top of that, we've got Shipley Meets at Rutherford who support our Hunter Valley Group 21 scoreboard and information that we share on that competition. Uh, in terms of the Newcastle at Hunter Community Rugby League, as I said, that's brought to us by Beaver Brewery. And finally, and last but not least, Sharp DS Central Coast for all your uh, printer and printing needs, um, office uh, equipment and setup. It is uh, They are one of our great supporters who bring us the Central Coast Rugby League scoreboard and updates as well. So excellent to have all of them on board. Make sure you support the businesses that support us. But that is enough of an introduction. Let's get into the show. Let's kick it off in the way we usually do, catching up with our stats man thanks to Junkyard Skips. All right, time to dig into the Denton Engineering Cup, the Junkyard Stats Performers of the Week. And we have the uh, most flexible man when it comes to time slots in Newcastle rugby league circles. Josh Spiegelman again, mate, uh, juggling things around my ever-evolving schedule, which just makes things challenging. But as always, you fit around so that we can get you on the show, mate. Thank you. No worries, Chris. Hi, everyone. Good to be back. Yeah, I couldn't miss an opportunity to talk up round 13 and 
you know, give credit to the League Castle tipsters who had a pretty good week. I think um, most of those guys would have had a nice five-leg multi go their way if there was such a thing for this league based on their tipping results. Yeah, I think looking at um, the uh, weight of favouritism, the five-leg multi wouldn't have paid too juicy, but you might might have got some some high twos to early threes about it, which if you've got a pineapple on that, that's not too bad. That's a couple of cartons so, or, or, or one stalk of broccoli, depending on what you're buying at the moment. <laughs> That's it, mate. Yeah, lettuce, broccoli, beers, they're all, uh, they're all pricing, aren't they, these days? A good time to be an un- unhealthy human. Um, anyway, we'll move on and uh, get into some footy, mate. There was plenty of points on offer across the five games. Uh, a few games a little lopsided. Uh, one or two that were a bit of a contest, but certainly some, some blowouts. And probably a little surprisingly with a couple of sides uh, coming off their recent form, but... It's a it's a bit of a whirlwind competition. It's up and down. It's a roller coaster, and uh, yeah, you can't. You might be able to pick winners, but picking margins would be tough enough. Yeah, I'd say so, mate. I reckon yeah, if people were offered lines on these games. You know, they probably wouldn't have wouldn't have wouldn't have got those got those up. I'd say no one really expected the entrance to have fifty points put on them at um, Lyle Peacock against the Scorps after their big win last week against Maitland. But um, credit to the Scorps, their massive win, and you know West. Uh, I wouldn't say surprised based on their form, but pushed Central all the way to the end there with a four-point loss and um, some really interesting results. And as you can imagine, with the big numbers, big points, there's big stats to go through as well. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think if you had offered me you know, Curry plus 30 and a half during the week, I, I might have snatched that up at Curry, but uh, wouldn't have been enough. And, and that's where we'll kick things off. One of two 50-nil scorelines. I can't remember that ever happening, having two scorelines of such magnitude and exactly the same in Newcastle Rugby League. Certainly in recent memory. Uh, but 50 to nil, it was all things Cessnock Goannas, plenty of tries, uh, but not all positive for Cessnock. I mean, we did see a hat-trick to Jared Anderson, a double to Hanetti Tua, but that man, he was the match winner for them only a couple of weeks ago. But uh, a nasty sniper picked him off at Curry Sports Ground, mate, and uh, looks like they'll be without him for some time. Uh, Looks like a bit of a, a significant hamstring injury for Hanetti, which is going to be a big impact for Cessnock because he's probably one of the best wingers in the comp at the moment. Yeah, he definitely is, mate. That was a nasty-looking one as he burnt the curry defence uh, once again down that right edge, right in front of the Cessnock bench, I think. And, yeah, Sniper, who knows, could have been an actual sniper out of curry there. The way their team was going, they needed the help from the crowd. But, yeah, they've taken him out, and um, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Um, he's, he actually features my honourables that we'll get to in a minute just based off his um, action before the injury. So just on the match itself, mate, yeah, I obviously watched this, this game for both teams, both perspectives, and I mean, what can you really say about this result? Um, I will start with Curry. They're actually missing their, their usual 6, 7, and 9. The commentator didn't know that in the game as well. Um, White and Smith and McKenzie were all, I think, injured during the week or the last week, so they're pretty threadbare. Um, but, you know, even if those boys did play, you know, they not played so well. It's like a juggernaut through the middle and real flush out wide with Hanetti and a few of the other boys. I think they would have they would have won anyway. So really well done to Cessnock here. Yeah, it was a great showing by Cessnock. And obviously they would have uh, been whipped into shape a little bit by Harry Saker during the week, even though they had that win the week before against Macquarie. Uh, they wouldn't have been happy with the manner of it and, you know, obviously put it all together this time around. But, uh, yeah, I think Curry, something like, 11 to 13 players from their sort of top 18, 19 players were uh, either unavailable or carrying injuries in the game. So it was uh, a very depleted Curry side. Undoubtedly, as they get a couple of those guys back, they'll start to find a little bit of form. It's been a a tough old season at the graveyard, tough old couple of seasons, but they're a side you can never write off, and and I'm sure they'll uh, 
even though they're probably out of the finals race now, realistically, they'll probably look forward to spoiling some parties on the way home, you'd think, and uh, they'll have some uh, some extra motivation in being able to try and knock off a couple of those sides around the top five as we head towards finals. But, mate, let's transition into those honourable mentions and climb our way up to the three points. Who have you got for honourable mentions in this clinical win by the Goeys? Yeah, spot on, mate. Um, yeah, so Hanetti Tua here for me. He's got a double three-line break before that nasty-looking injury. So uh, no doubt would have featured in the points had he played the whole match. Um, Jaden Young there at lock. He had a try for Cessnock, 117 metres, three tackle bus and a line break. And I really thought Jack Jordan, big number 16 off the bench for them, was really good too. Seven, seven tackle bus, 129 metres at 10.8 a carry. So those kind of numbers usually get you in the points. But as you can imagine, with the 50-point 50, 50 score by Cessnock, there's... Um, it's pretty hard to pick. Yeah, there's certainly some some numbers that in many other games would have picked them up, maybe even two, and in some games even three points, but not enough in this case with an attacking masterclass from the Goey. So who is it? And obviously, you know, with that sort of magnitude of result, um, you know, I'm assuming we've got, you know, three Goeys there. Was there any honourable mentions from from the Bulldogs before we move on to the Goeys, or are we just going to move straight on to the clean sweep? Uh, we'll just move to the clean sweep, mate. Curry, if, if anything, you know, you play Curry, you're going to leave battered and bruised. But this week, um, yeah, stats, stats didn't go their way. So I'm sure they'll bounce back next week with a few uh, individual performances. they got the entrance next week, which will be a very interesting match we'll talk about later. But, um, yeah, we'll just transition to the one point here for Cessnock here. Big white shore on the edge. Um, scored a double, eight tackle bus, an offload, two, ta- um, two line breaks, sorry, one try assist. Um, 9.6 metres of carry and 89% of defence. So really solid numbers. And again, like, you know, it's hard not to give him more than a point, but uh, we'll get to why he only got a point in a minute. Yeah, he's certainly been a good performer for them. But uh, yeah, as we talked about, there was some, some people that racked up some real attacking numbers and, you know, there's also their attacking maestro that I think takes it out. So let's get into the two and the three. That's it, mate. Two points here to Jared Anderson, a former Curry player. This would have been sweet for him this game. Scored a hat-trick against his old club. Nine tackle busts, a line break, a try assist, a line break assist, 119 metres of 10.8 to carry, really dominant effort out wide there. And I think it was the right centre that he played. So, you know, hard for me not to give him three points with a hat trick in those stats. But, you know, he doesn't score some of those tries and neither do the other boys without the help of um, this player who got the three points to me. And that's Cessnock, Sam Clune. Fantastic effort um, in, in the six jersey during the game. One try himself, four try assists, which is you know, probably the highest mark you see in this competition in a week. Um, three line break assists with those tries. Another line break contribution. And then he was really strong running the ball as well. Six tackle busts, 116 metres at 9.7 to carry. And he made all of his 15 tackles and a team high 13 support. So you couple all that in together, you combine them all, and that's a three-point performance from Sam Clune. certainly is. What an... Absolute star performance. I did get a message personally from someone who uh, I did say I was going to shout it out on the show and they said they didn't want their name mentioned but suggested that Sam should probably be uh, uh, playing either alongside or instead of his brother at the Knights the way he's playing. He has been in some uh, absolutely scintillating form in recent weeks, that's for sure. Well, mate, we couldn't do any worse. So <laughs> No, that's no knock on Sam, mate. That's more of a knock on the Knights at the moment. Sam would not look out of place at a higher level with performances like this going going into that. So congratulations to Sam. And, um, yeah, I hope his brother can replicate such things in the red and blue. That would be great for Knights fans as they hang to those mathematical hopes. But speaking of teams with mathematical hopes, let's move on to Lakes United. They headed up, uh, sorry, they headed up to Maitland Sports Ground to take on the Maitland Pickers. And 
We knew that Maitland would be fired up for this one. They haven't had a great run of form, having been defeated by the entrance the week before. They will look, be looking to make Maitland Sports Ground a fortress, and while they didn't exactly blow Lakes away, they did enough to walk away with a reasonably comfortable victory in the end, 28 points to 10. No discredit to Lakes, but that was Maitland back to uh, what we expect from them. Yeah, 100%, mate. No discredit to Lakes to start off with there. I thought they hung in there pretty strong uh, during patches of the match, but uh, as you'd expect on a, on a Maitland home ground, they basically ultimately outclassed by, by that Maitland team, as you touched on. They were um, you know, off a few rough weeks, pretty desperate to get that win back. And I think you mentioned on the last podcast how tough they are at home, or someone did mention they yeah. haven't lost there well. So, um, yeah, yeah, to be expected, I guess, this victory. But um, credit to Lakes for, yeah, not getting blown out. Um, the young team, and that they, they are improving each week. A number show that too that I won't reveal on this show. But, um, yeah, a couple of, I've got an honourable and uh, for Lakes and, and one point as well to a Lakes United player. So whatever way you want to kick off. Yeah, well, let's, let's get straight into those honourables, mate. Roll it out as we go for the Lakes and Maitland fixture. Sweet. Um, yeah, so honourable for me, uh, two middlemen, one for me, the side. Um, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his last name here, but Dan Brewer or Brower from Lakes, um, number 16 off the bench. I thought he was all effort for them. Young bloke, um, 30 tackles at 97%, 105 metres off just nine carries and two tackle busts. So I always take note, of, you know, when a young bloke comes up against that Maitland pack because we know that they're all class and probably one of the best in the comp. So credit to Dan there. And then on the other side, um, Sam Anderson from Maitland, you know, the, the veteran, number 13, just a no-nonsense performance. Um, topped his team with 177 metres from 17 carries. Um, but both of them just missed out on the points to me, but definitely worth a mention. Certainly some strong performances, and you come to expect that from Sam. So uh, let's move it along, mate. You did mention that there was a seagull with the one point. Who was it that stood out from a stats point of view for the Lakes side? Yeah, I saw their number seven, Floyd Ty here, had a pretty good game. He capped off his day with a with a try at the death that made the score a bit more respectable, but had the line break with the try. Had four tackle buster in the match, one try contribution, a beautiful kick cross field to their winger uh, play before they scored a try through Faulkner as well. So really heads up, um, you know, smart footy there. Also had the two force dropouts, which um, helped build a bit of pressure for Lakes. He was had 10.5 metres of carry, so... You know, given the scoreline, I felt, you know, Lakes play deserved a point for me. Floyd was probably their best on, on ground. Yeah, certainly a strong performer for them, and he's done well since he's slotted into the halves. Um, certainly good to see. I mean, they've been through quite a few halves this year with injury and a few other changes at uh, Lakes United, so uh, good to see Floyd settling into that jersey. But uh, with the margin of victory, it's not surprising to... Pickers that picked up the major points uh, and two guys who've been there and thereabouts in our considerations and, and your statistical calculations uh, for the majority of the season, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, not two points here. Uh, Matt Sobalola again. He's been really making the most up fullback position. Um, not not to say he won't kill it in centre in a few weeks when he moves back, but uh, scored a try, a line break, one try assist, a line break assist, eight tackle bust, 172 metres from 15 runs. Um, thought he was pretty good from the back there all day. Kick defusing as well. So, well done to Matt. That's a valuable two points when it comes to the leaderboard that we'll talk about later on. It certainly will be. But even with those stats, he couldn't pick up the maximum points, mate. Uh, it was a big bustling back rower who took the points on this occasion. Yeah, it was, mate. Um, Reed Alchin for Malin gets three points from me here. Apparently nicknamed the Wombat, according to someone on our Instagram. Um, I thought he picked his moments really well through the match. He scored a try as well. Line break, five tackle bars, 
two effective offloads. He topped the team with 32 tackles and at 100%, which for me, one of those um, was also a one-on-one strip. Uh, you know, which was which was pivotal, I think, in a try scoring moment as well, and um, you know, put for me pushed him to the three points in this game. So well done to Reed. Yeah, he's been a solid pickup for them and sorely missed at Curry, but uh, certainly continuing to perform and uh, showing that astute, uh, I guess, scouting by Matt Lantry picking him up and adding him to an already bolstered Maitland pack. That'll undoubtedly see him starting to move up the leaderboard, but. Let's continue on across round 13 and have a look at some other fixtures. Three more games to come. We head to Sunday. Uh, sorry, we head to the other Saturday game. We've missed almost missed a Saturday game. Wyong and South South Newcastle 32, Wyong 10. And I know, mate, and we might start with the three points here. An interesting stat. It's not the traditional stats that we roll out, but in terms of your three-point getter and uh, breaking a drought in style. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, big, big Simo, Brendan Simpson here, straight off the bat, three points for me in this match. Four years, he said, since he scored his last try. I think that's longer than I've been doing stats in this comp. So um, that's not why he got the three points this game. He scored two tries in one game, but also four line breaks. So two line breaks with the two tries, but then split wiring it up the middle and uh, across the edge two separate times, just rumbling through them at, at lightning quick speed for him, as he'd admit. Um, 10 tackle busts uh, with, with those runs, 134 metres at 14.9 a carry, 100% carry win rate, 21 tackles at 100% and 8 support. So that's a, a flawless performance and a pretty good super coach one as well, if there was such a thing for this league. Mate, uh, a couple of points out of that. One, I think Simo loved the fact that you said that he was lightning quick. I don't think that's been, <laughs> been used about Simo since maybe under nines. And secondly, I think many people around the outer suburbs of Merriweather and surrounds there will be very happy that for the first time in four years, Simo won't need to get naked on Mad Monday. So massive wins all around. Yeah, it sounds like a mate. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I've lived in Sydney for the last two years. <laughs> uh, lovely, mate. And, and we'll get to some of the key stats about the, um, the, the shirtless stats shortly, but Simo's dodged that bullet for now. Let's have a look at the two and the one, mate. And they're two key acquisitions that have, that have come to... Um, South in recent years, one from Maitland and uh, the one point across from Central. Both strong performers and good additions to the Lions squad in recent times. Yeah, definitely. Um, two points here. To the winger, Reeve Howard, mixed in around fullback and wing this season, but wing this game. Um, two tries, two line breaks, four tackle busts, 221 metres, metre eater, 18.4 a carry with a few big runs and a forced dropout from the wing with a, a clever little kick. So um, he's having a really good season, Reeve, and he's proving pretty important to them um, and versatile. So really good pickup, Bobcat and the crew at South. Certainly has been a solid pickup for them, but uh, not the only one making it amongst the points. Also with one point, as I said, uh, a pickup. He's, he's come across from Central. He's in the Knights junior system as well. Uh, he is uh, an absolute star and undoubtedly we'll see more of him as the back end of the season and South get amongst the business of it. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's um, Kurt Donahue there. Um, played in jersey number seven today with Peelin out. I thought he was pretty good there. Uh, 100% in defence, along with two try assists, two line break assists, three tackle buffs and 8.7 metres of carry. So, for me, Kurt just um, edged out uh, one of the stat man leaders, Glen- uh, Ryan Glanville here. So, um, worth noting that Glanville only played um, just under a half of footy. He, he got a stinger. Uh, didn't return given the score. So in that limited action, he had four tackle busts, a line break, a try assist, and a line break assist. So he was well on the way to registering some points. So we'll see if that little stinger comes back to hurt him in the 
um, stat man of the year race there as well. And I will just mention the Wyong uh, show favourite, another stat man competitor, Luke Sharp. I thought he's one of their best as well. Uh, it's got to try out a few line breaks. One was a great kick and regather line break, chip over the top. Um, really flashes brilliance on his day, I think Luke does. And, um, you know, I wish I saw that more at the top NRL level these days with a bit more chance taking like that. Yeah, wind back the clock to, you know, Brett Mullins in full flight, chipping and chasing twice and regathering. That's the sort of stuff we want to see at local footy. Mate, while we're on um, on Wyong and South, just want to pass on, mate. Uh, I saw a little conversation on the Instagram story between yourself and Jack Welsh. Uh, Jack came off second best in a collision, but he was more interested in um, stitching up Ryan Glanville, mate, when you uh, asked on, on how Ryan was. Oh, that's, that's, that's where I got the information, that um, it, why he didn't come back on from that stinger. Uh, apparently, apparently it's too much of a sook, according to Jack, but uh, oh, I won't back that up, mate. He looks tough as nails when he's out there, and um, I'm sure Bobcat gave him a well-deserved rest. As much as it hurts, the state man of the year leaderboard. Yeah, I think I think as as it might have been identified, it didn't. They didn't need to risk him at that point when they were on top uh, after that first half clinic they put on. But I did like the AKA he's soft as the sign off from Jack. So, um, uh, and and I think after the hit that Jack t- took and uh, bounced back from, that he can probably dish out those uh, pretty fairly. I'd say so, mate. Yeah, I hope Jack's not feeling any uh, repercussions from that really bad knock there from that uh, attempted tackle. Um, yeah, so hopefully he's back next week. I mean, I'd be in a hospital bed for about three months after that, so um, good luck to him. Yeah, we all know what happened when I tried to play this year, so we'll leave that at that and uh, <laughs> m- move along, mate. We'll head to Sunday and the second of the 50 nil clinics, the Scorps versus the entrance and uh, a couple of the uh, self-described prettiest men in Newcastle Rugby League picking up some minor points here, mate. I'm sure you've got a couple of honourable mentions with that sort of scoreline as well. Yeah, I do, mate. Yeah, this is a game, again, I did um, both aspects of. And, you know, score is pretty, as the score suggests, the Scorps, you know, they marched up and down the field at will at times during this one. Pretty dominant display. Um, and I think we touched off air as well at like the entrance coming off a big win last week. Not to say they played their grand final, but, you know, probably a bit of a, a letdown spot, as, as, as the um, sports commentators say. Um, for them here, they look to bounce back next week, I'm sure. So, just, uh, just had one honourable to note down here, um, the Scorps. Um, Bobby Tracy started at um, four, prop forward again. Uh, 133 metres at 11.1 a carry, three tackle buffs and a line rate. I just think this bloke's so hard to handle. I, I, I haven't seen him in real life. He looks about, I don't know, six four, six five. You know, I, I wouldn't want to get in front of him. That's all I'm saying. So he's, he's been, I don't know his background either, where he's come from or if he's a junior, but he's a pretty good um, acquisition or come up to the ranks for the Scorps. Yeah, he's certainly playing well there. I'm not too sure on, on all the details there, but um, as you say, yeah, I I, meant, I called their game last week, and he is a fair lump. He uh, he's got that sort of the uh, I guess the the 90s more of the 90s prop forward style rather than the low to the ground style that they have now. You know, the, the Paul Harrigan sort of broad shoulders, tall, rangy, but still quite thick through the chest. So he, he's a, he's a fair handful, is Bobby, and. Um, like a few of the props and uh, bigger bodies getting around in the comp, he uh, unfortunately doesn't squeeze into the, the normal prop jerseys. I think the 19's a bigger, better fit for him, and uh, so Kitty lets him have that one, and, and he's been starting quite regularly in that number 19 jumper. So not the only one in the Scorp side, and we'll get to that in a moment when we get to the three points that, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't wear a uh, starting jersey irrespective of where they play. Yeah, that's true, mate. And, and to be fair, I'd give Bobby whatever jersey you ask for, mate. He's not the sort of guy I'd be saying no to too, too often. Yeah, that's that's probably a fair thing, mate. So that's your honourable mention. 
Who picked up the points, mate? Let's get into these pretty boys. One of them, the defending champion, finally making a move. He is, mate, but we'll start off with um, number one, one point here. Oh, sorry, number two jersey for, for the Scorps. Joe Woodbury with a double in this game. Uh, one of the tries, a great leaping grab over the opposition winger. Another one is a great finish in the corner where he showed some slick hands. I think it was the last try of the match to pull it in with the pass just a bit behind him and dashed off 25 metres to score in the corner. So along with that, he had three tackle busts, um, a try contribution where, again, he showcases his work in the air, leaping ability, batted the ball back off a great um, kick chase. Had 104 metres, 10.4 a carry. Uh, that 10.4 a carry was the best amongst the scores back. So uh, well earned one point here for Joe. Not a bad day at the office, but our defending champion. He's been a little bit quiet in season 2022, but is he timing his run? Five rounds remain, and uh, he's certainly not out of striking distance. He'd need a fair finish to the year, but uh, he's uh, he'll be happy with two points here in a comfortable win. Yes, that's it, mate. Royce Jeffries um, not had a bad season by any means. You know, it's had quiet or not even quiet. I think the scores have just had some pretty outstanding individual efforts that have seen him jump out on points, so... Um, yeah, you know, I watched this game and I just thought in my head when I saw some folks like this is the, you know, the, the Rolls Royces, as their Instagram calls them uh, from last year, just dominant with ball in hand. Two line breaks, a try assist, eight tackle busts. That's what a tackle bus numbers were frequent last year. Um, two effective offloads and 157 metres, which um, that topped the whole team in, in meterage. So, um, yeah, dominant from Royce. And they just got to get him the ball more, I guess, and, um, you know, do what he does best. Yes, certainly right. Uh, good numbers from Royce, as you say. Back to those stats that, you know, there's, there's not a lot that splits a lot of these Scorps players quite frequently when they're in form. And, you know, last year he was sort of in the top two or three each week, whereas this year he's probably been fourth or fifth quite regularly and just missed out on points. So good to see him back there. But this man, he is a bit of a cult favourite out at Lyle Peacock. He does wear the number 14 jersey. I don't know if that's a lucky thing. It fits him better or... That's just the only jersey Kitty's letting him have so he doesn't get ahead of himself. But uh, the three points, mate, he put up some absolutely phenomenal stats in this game. Yeah, mate, I wish I'd done the super coach numbers on this because Matt Moon, he, he's just killing it this season. Absolute ripper um, of a campaign he's having. And, you know, 14, whether he starts or on the bench, and this week he was actually off the bench um, with this numbers is just incredible. So two tries, three try assists, two line breaks, one line break assist, 10 tackle busts, Four offloads, all of them were effective. 143 metres, which was up there in one of the top of the team, and 94% of defence. So he's done something like this recently, a couple of weeks ago, but not to this level. So just taking it to another level. Um, just incredible what this guy's doing. Um, you know, he's not the biggest fella either, but he just causes the, the opposition so many headaches. Um, just versatile, you know, missed the utility, I guess. But yeah, well done to Matt. He is. He's one of those players that you sometimes wonder, is his versatility almost his, his downfall? It's why, you know, start of the year in that 14 jersey, he can play anywhere in sort of that back row, into the halves. You can throw him on some edges if you need to. Like, he's just, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, as I say, one of those players that you sometimes do question whether or not, you know, if he's just a little bit, you know, more dominant in one of those roles rather than so good at all of them, um, would, would he not be, you know, a lay down there to start in a squad? But his versatility is an asset certainly to the uh, Macquarie Scorpions and, and another three-pointer, his second in three rounds, as you said. So another man to watch coming home with a wet sail as he finds some good form, as do the Scorps. The final match of the round, the closest of the round, as you talked about before, over at Harker Oval, where we had some uh, rugby league royalty in attendance. 
but it was West couldn't quite claw back enough against Central. They went down 28-24, but this one was a fairly thrilling finish and, and a quality game of footy all in all. That's it, mate. Yeah, you touched on um, Latrell being there. I think he's mates with one or two of the Central boys. So, you know, Latrell will come to watch the real NRL and see how, the, um, the, the, how it's properly done. Um, but no, no, yeah, real close game here. I don't do the stats for either team, but you know, I only had time to review around their scoring plays, which is what I usually do when it's a rare that um, two teams I don't do play each other. So just start with the one, two, three. Um, one point uh, to West Hooker, Fraser Price, scored a try, a line break with that try and a separate try assist. Um, two points to Central Edge, Randall Briggs. He scored a try, a try, had a try assist, a line break and a line break assist. And then three points to a man that's um, put up some pretty big numbers for West, whether I'm watching the full game or not. Um, and that's their fullback, Jaden Luffrey here. Um, one try, one try assist, two try contributions, one line break, one line break assist, all around the scoring plays then. And that's not even the full match. So could not go past giving him three points that effort. Um, obviously apologised, you know, you prop forwards and that sort of stuff in these games where I can't do the full stats because I'm not with either team, but um, got to stick to the flashy plays for these. And, and there were some pretty flashy ones from both. But I'll just touch on a really nice moment where um, Kane Anderson, you probably saw this on Grant Anderson's story, but Kane Anderson made a nice line break down the right edge, uh, right wing, sorry, and then um, kicked back himself for Spider who collected and scored. So you just love those sort of moments, don't you? And, Brother, um, try assist to it to it to another brother, and that was a nice moment. I'm sure they'll remember that for a long time. Those two have a knack for finding each other and uh, putting each other across. I believe in Kane's debut, they both set each other up for a try, and I think they did the same either last week or the week before. So it's uh, starting to get a bit creepy how often they're doing it. It's that sixth sense, and uh, yeah, Newcastle Rugby League teams will want to hope that Grant hangs around down at Melbourne for quite a long time because if he's not playing his trade in the NRL and comes back and they manage to put three of those guys together at some point for Central, it could be a scary proposition if they all link like that. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, that would be... Um, yeah, You can just imagine the headline, though, couldn't you? You know, Grant coming back and the three brothers leading them to a premiership in uh, the first time in, what is it, 60 or 80 years for, for um, Central, so... That would be one to watch, but I'm sure they have their eyes set on the prize this year as well and the way they're playing and, you know, winning big, uh, winning by big score lines or winning by small score lines at Harker. You know, they all count the same two points and, um, yeah, Central are looking pretty strong. They certainly are. We could yet have Grant, uh, sorry, Kane and Cameron winning that title there while Grant wins an NRL one this year. So, you know, Central, you wouldn't write them off from being right amongst the whips cracking the way they're playing when they're at their best. So... Uh, that wraps our three two-and-ones. I did want to mention, obviously, last week I talked about the uh, the shirtless quotas in these Newcastle Rugby League videos. Honestly, I went through a couple of these videos and nearly every man and his dog, the less clothes, the the more, the less clothes would seem to be the, uh, the, the chosen outfit. Obviously, we're in the change rooms, but it's gone from sort of, you know, 30 to 50% in some of the videos to now, you know, we're lucky if people have got a towel on in some of these. And so we're just going with the thumbnails so the points this week, one shirtless pose to Harry Saker, who also appeared to be flexing heavily. One point for absolute creepery of Harry O'Brien, our show favourite, just cr- lurking in the background. And Newcastle Rugby League <laughs> actually posted this yesterday morning. So jump onto their uh, Facebook and they posted a picture of Harry, just that little moustache and just lurking over the back of MG in absolute, yeah, um, look, if he, if he did that within 500 metres of a school, he'd probably be arrested, that, that look that he's pulled off there. And finally... 
our defending champion, Royce Jeffrey, getting the rig absolutely out in the thumbnail for after the Macquarie big win, trying to show up his uh, Insta-famous teammate, Joe Woodbury. So they're our standouts. Loving it, boys, getting the uh, the struts and the pose on in the videos. There's been a few video bombs as well, which we're really enjoying. So uh, it's really good to see all that content, mate. Newcastle Rugby League going above and beyond. And, mate, uh, they even had Steve Kidd on the microphone, if you, if you could make out what he was saying with that lovely gravel voice that he's got, that rich gravelly voice of Kitty. Yeah, mate, you know, I thought he did a good job in there post-match, um, the, the shed interviews. Yeah, I don't know if any of the Scorps blokes own clothes or whether the kid just pounced on them after the shower or something, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> maybe no more comments on that, mate. Royce probably has more abs than tackle bus, that's all i got to say. <laughs> yeah, mate, I, I certainly wouldn't be standing shirtless next to half of those blokes, definitely not Royce, but I'm not sure about you saying that Kitty's pouncing on blokes fresh out of the showers, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably badly framed there, but mate, I don't know any other explanation. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Kitty, Kitty will appreciate that and have a laugh at that line. I'm sure uh, Matt Roach, <laughs> one of our most frequent listeners, will, will let him know that you've dropped that line in there and uh, you'll get some that's feedback, right. mate. I'm going at the title of the podcast, is it? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we might come up with something like that. We'll see what we can come up with. But, uh, mate, uh, let's have a quick look ahead because we, we are catching up with Jade Porter shortly, so we'll be talking reserve grade more so and the freak, obviously, uh, I think he's at 99 first-grade games currently. Um, sorry, 199 first-grade games, I think it is, and 51 reserve-grade games. So absolutely freakish numbers, pardon the pun. But we'll be focusing on reserve grade. So I thought while we've got you on the line, mate, we'll have a quick run through. We won't go so much into tips, but we might just talk about how we see them shaping up because there's some key games this weekend and uh, two of those on Saturday. The first one, two sides coming off 50-0 losses, mate. The entrance up against Curry. Um, a very key game for the entrants because another loss for them will see them really... I mean, they're already six points away from the finals with only five games to play. Another loss, you'd think, would be the end for them and Curry would love to play the role of spoilers here. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, as you mentioned before, I think that's Curry's season done and dusted in the sense of finals. Not that they can't, you know, grow and develop within their squad there. And the entrants on the table, yeah, they're, yeah, as you said, four points... Oh, sorry, six points out of the fifth spot. They're for and against, negative 92. It's not looking great for them, but, um, you know, this is a match I'm sure they'll earmark at home at Ed Sack on the Central Coast to, you know, maybe put some points on Curry and, and you know, claw that back a bit. No pun intended with the Tiger logo. But, um, yeah, no, I think, um, you know, no tips for this. Obviously, I, I won't do tips, but, um, yeah, yeah, pivotal game for the entrance. And, um, you know, both teams want to bounce back. Can't really say much more. Yeah, correct. Two depleted lineups. It'll be interesting to see who can get who back on the paddock. As you said, looking at that ladder, and we'll quickly run through that, um, those bottom three sides, you'd have to think there's a line through them, even West in the form they're in. They're 12 points adrift the fifth spot with six games to play. Even if they will win all of those games, they would need either Cessnock or Macquarie to drop all of their ga- all of their games, plus turn around a 225 or 231-point difference, which would be fairly massive. I don't doubt, again, West will play the role of spoilers very well over the remaining three rounds, but those three sides at the bottom are going to have a fight to the death because none of them want to finish on the bottom. So that'll be interesting to watch. So we've got Lakes, West, and Curry all on four. Then the finals race. The entrance and wine with all the work to do, 10 and 12 points respectively. Cessnock there on 16 points. They've all played 13 games, so they've only got five remaining. The next three sides, Macquarie in fourth on 16. They've got a game in hand. Central on 17 in third with a game in hand. Souths on 18 points in second with a game in hand. And Maitland on 21 
also, oh, sorry, they do not have a game in hand. So they've played all 13 of theirs. So interesting to have a look at those catch-up games and, and I guess how they align because they're going to be quite key. And depending on who wins those, could either give Maitland one hand on the minor premiership in the, in the coming weeks as they catch up or could really shut down that lead and put the pressure on Maitland and have them looking over their shoulder, which five weeks ago looked really unlikely. And speaking of Maitland, they've got a tough one this weekend, mate. Although we know they're a juggernaut at home, they take on a Wyong side who'll be desperate to stay in touch with the top five. Yeah, definitely, mate. I just wanted to touch on those just for the listeners. Those There's four games that are yet to be played. That's Curry v. Lake, Scorp v. South, which would be a belter, Central v. Curry, and West v. Lake. So um, most of those feature the, the bottom three teams. But, yeah, there's a couple in there, Scorps and Central and South. And, you know, are pretty big games for them in the scheme of things for the minor premiership and finishing top two or, or you know, there and thereabouts. So um, if you don't want to touch on anything more about that, we I guess we can move on to the Maitland and, and Wyon game, and as you mentioned, yeah, mate, yeah, Maitland number one sports ground is going to be tough for Wyon to go up there. And um, they just looked a bit off the pace last week against South uh, through the middle end and at the edges. You know, there was weren't many real positives Wyon there, but um, you know, they've had some they've had some flashes this season. You know, they're not out of it by any means, and you know, you can't really say there's more to, more at stake for either team, really, can you? Because Wyon are playing for five, Maitland are playing for that minor premiership, so be an interesting one, mate. What are your thoughts? It's certainly going to be interesting. I think it's it's almost, you know, it's not quite, but it's getting very close to do or die for Wyong. Um, a, a loss here, and especially if, you know, Macquarie to get up in their game, which will be a tough one. And also Cessna, they've both got tough games, which I guess is in Wyong's favour. But each time those teams get a win, plus the fact they've got 100 points for and against difference on them, that's essentially another win that they're not going to be able to close off. So they're already realistically, you know, Quite a gap behind, you know. They're, yes, they're only four points behind, but they may as well be six because if they get level on points, there's no playoffs for fifths in this day and age. Um, so they've got, you know, three games. Macquarie's also got that game in hand. Admittedly, a tough one as we just touched on, but yeah, they've got to be starting to get the, you know, the abacus out and starting to do the maths on on needing to win everything. That said, if they win all five from here and finish on twenty two points, you'd have to think they're a big chance of making the finals. But it's it's a big. Sorry, mate. They do have Tessnock and Scorps did two of their last um, five, uh, four ga- uh, five games. Sorry. So, yeah, they've got some tough opponents there as well. So, it's unlikely they'll win all, all their remainders. So, this makes this game an even more important one. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, they play Maitland, such a tough game, into West at home, into Cessnock and Macquarie away. They finish off with Curry at home. But, again, Curry knocked them off already this year. So, it's n- there's no easy games for them on the way home. I don't think there's really any easy games in this comp, to be fair. But... That'll certainly be a cracker, and, and as you say, plenty on the line for both sides, but uh, that'll be, like like all the games this week, there's just so much on the line for most teams, whether it be pride or, or that opportunity just to get that cohesion back and claw their way off the bottom, because as I said, those bottom three teams, they're all they're all fighting tooth and nail for uh, not finishing last, because you'd, ra- you'd rather finish eighth or ninth. People don't remember who finishes eighth or ninth, but they certainly remember who finishes tenth, but We'll move on to the third of the Saturday games. And this one, mate, this one's mouth-watering. It's an absolute belter. A red-hot Cessnock team against a red-hot attacking South team. Both teams, plenty of points when they're on, but can both drag another team into an arm wrestle as well. They both have both those speeds. So this one promises to be, yeah, like an absolute cracker, one of the best games we've seen in recent weeks. And again, so much on the line. Cessnock, a win will, you know, put them that little bit closer and keep them in touch of a second bite at the Cherry. South, if they can win, they can you know keep that pressure on Maitland, but a loss could see them drop down. You know, looking at for and against, depending on results, they could drop as low as fifth after this week, depending on other results. 
Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, you know, um, one game in hand on South Cessnock. Uh, um, sorry, South have one game on hand uh, again uh, with Cessnock, so it's more important here, you know, um, for Cessnock to win this game. Otherwise, they drop a fair bit further behind. Interesting for and against here, as you mentioned, um, even though, uh, taking into account, South have played one less match, um, they've conceded, what is it, five more points than Cessnock. So Cessnock's defence has been pretty spot on. I'm not sure whether South are dragging teams into those arm wrestles. I think they have been all season uh, with a few few high scores chucked in along the way, um, like last week. So uh, it's going to be an interesting match, mate. It's in Cessnock, isn't it, this one? So um, bit of a home ground advantage for Cessnock off that huge win against Corrie. I'm sure they'll be able to pack out the ground there. A lot of fans interested after that big rivalry win. Yeah, they'll certainly be happy to have picked up the points on the road the last two weeks and now look to take it home and pick up the two there. Let's head to Sunday, mate, and there's a couple of crackers here. One of these is a real rivalry game, and we'll kick off with it. It is the Career Cup, Central versus Lakes. Uh, Lakes faded late against Central in the first round of the competition when they played. Uh, Bubba will have his boys up for it, and after the fight they showed against Maitland, you can't write them up, write them off even though they're on the road, the young Seagulls side, and they'll be looking to not only get one over their local rivals, but also win the Charity Cup and donate some money to their chosen cause. So... This one, again, it's key. Lakes want to get off that bottom. They're in front of Curry on four and against, but they'd love to be sitting on six points and have a win and some four and against up their sleeve heading into the last few rounds. While Central, a win for them, depending on other results, especially if South slip up on Saturday, could see them up to second on the ladder and closing that gap on Maitland. Yeah, definitely, mate. You know, a bit of a difference in the ladder here, but if there's one thing you can say about Lakes is, you know, they go out there and give it their all each game. You know, they got some tireless workers in that team. I'm not, I'm not sure who they get back this week, if anyone, but um, whoever they roll out there, you know, gives 100% to Bubba. And, um, you know, they talk about all the key words out there and, you know, respect and whatnot. And they certainly show it each week that it's a young team. So um, such a big rivalry match. I'm sure they'll be up for the occasion, even though it's at, um, at Central's home ground at St. John. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Central, where they third at the moment, and, yeah, to keep in touch, I mean, to... Yeah, like you said, they could um, go to second if South loses or um, they got a game in hand on Mayland too and they're only, what, four points behind. So pretty pretty big match here for Central and um, don't think they had any major injuries from last week. I did see Luke Walsh got a um, really nasty collision in that game. I was on his um, Knocked on his head by a teammate, went down, looked pretty scary. I think he played out of the match, so probably no concerns there. But yeah, one to watch and um, th- this match is always entertaining between these two sides, isn't it? Certainly is. To be fair, Luke Walsh is the John Farnham of Newcastle Rugby League. I think he told me three times last year he's retiring and then was back out there again the next week. So he loves it. He gets out there and is, uh, I think he's really thriving alongside uh, the opportunity when they can both get on the paddock alongside his brother Ryan and some of his other really close mates like Randall Briggs and these sorts of guys. So great to see him out there. Next up, the final game of the round. and This one's really interesting for me and it's up there with the, the uh, Cessnock South game. Wes versus Macquarie. Now, don't let the latter fool you. Macquarie, obviously a top-tier side at the moment. Wes sitting down in eighth position. But let's just have a look at these last few results. Out of their last, let's have a look, last five games, West have played the top three sides, all of whom they've been within six points of or four points on the weekend. And then they've also knocked off Cessnock, who's in fifth, and a comfortable win against Curry. So that's their last five rounds. So when you have a look at that versus what Macquarie's done, it's not dissimilar when Macquarie's come up against similar sides. They went down in a close one to Cessnock, whereas West beat them. And so it, in terms of form lines, just the, the last five weeks, not the whole season, you know, Macquarie beat Curry by six, 
West beat them by 20. Macquarie lost to South by 10. West by 6. Macquarie beat Maitland by 1. West by six, lost to them by 6. So the last five weeks, they've played similar sides barring the entrance, the blowout that Macquarie had last week. So there might not be as much in this as people might think. No, 100%, mate. This is a case of, um, you know, the latter being a bit deceiving compared to the, the form run, form guide. And, you know, we're talking about betting markets earlier. I think the line probably for this surprised people if it did come out. I said, what's such a thing? I don't know what, what you, you, your bookie mate would set it up, mate, if you want to throw out a, a um, hypothetical number. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting, this one at Harker, especially not at Lyle Peacock. And, you know, um, Kitty and, and Matt will have, have the boys up for this, no doubt. You know, they don't want to be in that letdown spot. Um, like the entrance well this week after a big win. Um, so, yeah, really interesting there. Um, probably have to side with the the, the the side that employs me, mate, the Scorp, So <laughs> Yeah, fair enough, mate. You know which side your bread's buttered on. Yeah, I think Toddy, Toddy will have his boys right up for this one as well. They'll, like I said, they'll be looking. They know that the finals are out of reach, but they'll be looking to, you know, be the giant killers on the way home, I don't doubt. Um, and yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, as you say. I think if you're a bookie, you'd have to be setting this line under a converted try. I wouldn't be wanting to give West more than a converted try. You'd have to think Macquarie, just because that big win last week, would be slight favourites, even though it's at Harker. But yeah, I'd be thinking somewhere between two and a half and four and a half points would be plenty to set this line at. But it's a Newcastle Rugby League, as we've seen on any given day, anything is possible. We've seen Macquarie with 50 nil wins and losing games that they lead for 70 minutes to field goals from wingers in the last two weeks. So who knows what they will dish up next to Scorps. Uh, it'll be an absolute cracker as well. So make sure you do either get out to the grounds this weekend or tune into Bar TV Sports, get a subscription for the end of the year because there's going to be so many cracking games over these last five rounds, plus catch-up games to be had as well. So it's a mouth-watering run home, mate. You know, we've got seven teams in a race for five spots. Every spot is up for grabs. No spot is safe. And then those bottom three teams are going to be fighting tooth and nail because they'll all want to finish eighth. Yeah, definitely, mate. I can't wait for the run home. You know, have, having put so much time into this season um, from a, you know, professional point of view, I think I've done, going to be done, uh, have done about 400 hours by the time the regular season racks up and yourself doing the podcast and your involvement with it, within it as well. You know, we can't wait. And then I'm sure the fans can't wait either just from, you know, that fan perspective, not the way our fans as well. But um, it's going to be, yeah, tantalising. It's hard to know who's going to finish, whereabouts in the fight. It's going to get the minor premiership. And most of all, mate, we just want a, a grand final and a winner. Like, we, we, we haven't had that, I guess, properly for a few seasons. Um, and we just want to get to that stage and really excited. Jeez, don't tell Todd Edwards that. He'll have your guts for garters, mate. It's only been... Just over 12 months since his Cessnock lifted a trophy and he'll claim it as a legit one, don't you worry, no matter who wants to put an asterisk against it. But that's probably a good note to wrap up a longer-than-usual Junkyard Skips Statsman segment. Thank you, mate, for helping me cover off on the round to come as well. Round 14. Get down and support your local side. Or as I said, tune in and subscribe to the guys at Bar TV. They do a great service in terms of covering all the local sport. And if you happen to like some other sports like I do as well, you get everything in there for the one subscription. And part of it goes back to your, your nominated competition or club, which is always good to see as well. But, mate, thank you to you on a Monday night getting up late. Well, I mean, this is still early compared to some of the times we were recording last year. But um, we'll wrap it up there, mate. Enjoy your week. Uh, looking forward to discussing plenty of footy during the week and over the weekend with you. And uh, we'll sit down again next week and pull apart some more stats and some more footy and uh, just remind ourselves what absolute gluttons for punishment we are when it comes to the, our love of Newcastle Rugby League. That's it, mate. Yeah, love the comp. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, like us on Instagram and Facebook. Our followers are growing there. Posts are going out more frequently. And uh, I guess we should finish on just saying go the Blues.
Yes, exactly. Go the Blues, mate. On that quickly on Instagram, Lee Castle AU on Instagram. What's the latest count, mate? Just up over 800, I think. Yeah, I think eight thirty or so. So we're creeping towards that 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 one k, which is what we want. If we get if we get to one k before the close of, or before we get to grand final week, I, I will ensure we have some sort of prize of a very specific local league nature to give away to a lucky winner. So I'll, I'll work on what exactly that's going to be. But so make sure you get it out there, share it to your friends. Um, get around it. We only need 170 odd likes, which isn't that many. If if everyone on the, if every second person on there recommends a friend, we'll blitz that out in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll get some prizes up in the offering. The higher we go as we head towards grand final week, the more prizes I'll try and dig out. So th- there's something for everyone to chase after. But a big thanks to you again, mate. We'll wrap it up there and uh, look forward to talking footy next week with you on the Junkyard Skips Statsman Performers of the Week. Thank you, mate. Have a good week. Have a good week, everyone. All right, it's the time of the show where we would normally get into the Denton Engineering Cup, but we're going to delve a little bit deeper. We're going to dig into the reserve grade competition and we're going to be joined by a guest who, while he's plied his trade plenty of years across a number of clubs in the uh, Tui's Cup, as it was for most of those years, and even the Denton Engineering Cup in the early stages. Uh, He's won premierships and I'm sure he'll be able to give me the exact number at a number of different clubs, but he tallied up his 200th grade game in the Newcastle competition on the weekend. He is none other than the Northern Hawks. Jade Porter, a.k.a. The Freak. Ports, welcome back to League Castle, mate. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. Um, I thought it was fitting after that milestone uh, on the weekend. Mate, 200 games, it's a, it's a serious achievement. So, first of all, congratulations on that. You've got to be pretty proud of uh, managing to tally up all those games after being a young bloke heading down here and uh, plying your trade all those years ago now. Give us a rundown on the on the timeline, the clubs, and that um, impressive number of titles that you've picked up along the way. Yeah, mate. Um, it was actually my um, 250th grade game. Apologies. Um, so, yeah, 250. Um, yeah, I, um, just, a, you know, a boy from Maury, um m- moved down here to, you know, play a little bit of footy. Um, I arrived at uh, Maitland Sports Ground, um, pre-season 2006. Uh, bit of a bit of a tough one because I was still suspended from the um, from my previous competition, and I couldn't serve me three games until the comp started back home. So I done a pre-season, and plus had to wait 12 weeks to play my first game. And yeah, got to play my first year at Maitland, and then from Maitland I moved on to Lake um, seven and eight. 2009, I went to South, and then um, 10, 11, and 12, at, back to Maitland, and then 2013 to 17 at West, and then, yeah, done a couple of years out at Curry, uh, 18, 19, and then obviously went back to West in 2020 when it was the COVID, the COVID year, yep. and then, yeah, now finally trade at the Northern Hawks, mate. It's been it's been a bit of a journey as as you've just depicted there, mate. And um, am I right in saying is it, is it seven titles? Seven, mate. Yeah, seven. Yeah. So and and yeah. certainly, I think if we wind the clock back to that first year at Maitland Sports Ground, mate, that venue probably looks a little different now. Yeah, I remember the um the, the three grandstands. Uh, there was the old three three green uh, yeah grandstands there, and you know the field was like right out in the middle and. 
Yeah, there was no atmosphere there. It used to be just uh, two teams and the referees all all out there by themselves. And yeah, it was yeah, far cry from what it is now, mate, up there. Certainly is, mate. I can remember touch judging. I think maybe my first first grade game, probably around the same time. And the plovers on the far side too, probably not not as much for you in the middle. But if you're a winger or a touch judge on that far side, um, yeah, those plovers got over there and just would be into you for most of the game. Which on a cold, wet day and you're 100 miles from anywhere, it feels like wasn't wasn't the best of it. Yeah, I think they I think they used to live up in the light pole. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep, and they just didn't like anyone getting too close over to that other side of the field. They'd come down yeah. and dive bomb you while you're trying to run. Added a yard of pace to most people on that edge, though. Yeah, they were still they were still around when I was up there, like at the back end of like the second stint, mate. And I'm not, I'm not sure if they're still up there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we used to used to be pests. Yeah, certainly were, certainly were, mate. Well, mate, as you've said, obviously quite a few clubs over that time, a number of premierships, and and now you've moved up to the Northern Hawks, as you said. Um, give give us a bit of, a, I guess, a snapshot on the Northern Hawks and and how they've evolved over the last few years. I know it's a little bit of a passion project for you with the, the you know um, the combination of not only the local community there, but obviously the indigenous sort of uh, link in that that's pretty prevalent up with the Hawks um, as they are now. Yeah, mate, we've been in that been in a competition for two years now and um you know as you know like there's there's no teams coming out of Port Stevens um and that's what we're trying to build up there is a pathway for you know young kids that play at you know whether it's Raymond Terrace or yeah uh, Malabula or the Port Stevens Sharks or we we just want to um you know try and get all them guys to come through the junior system and have somewhere to play instead of um Travelling like all the way down to Newcastle to find the club after they're finished playing under 18s, because I think there's only like um like a pub comp that they can play in after they finish 18s. So yeah, just trying to um, build that pathway, mate, and give them somewhere to play. Yeah, well, there's there's certainly quite a, a pool area there, as you said, not only in the juniors but even in the second division, and we've seen it this year through the relationship with the Northern Hawks that some of those clubs, I know I know, Karura have had some real challenges just getting on their field with their Newcastle and Hunter team, and they've been able to use Tom Marie as one of their grounds through that, that sort of broader relationship as well, and they come into that pool area. So kids coming through from those areas, as you said, Raymond Terrace, um, Stockton, Karua, um, Tea Gardens, out to Fingal, the Nelson Bay um, juniors there as well. There's lots of kids and and young guys coming through so there's a great opportunity it's great to have the 19s in reserve grade and I think there's obviously I know I know that the plan was sort of probably put on hold a little bit this year whether that was I think more so by New South Wales but there is an end goal in sight for the Hawks too in terms of wanting to, to push forward towards the Denton Engineering Cup as well Yeah 100% mate um, you know that, that's our goal to play in the Denton Engineering Cup um, you know hopefully we get that opportunity in 2023 and yeah it'll be, it'll be great not only you know, for the Northern Hawks, but the whole community of whole up there, like it's a massive area, mate. They need they need rugby league up there. Um, they need a they need a first grade team. Um, yeah, like I said, the juniors need somewhere to play because it's a massive junior base too. Like when you think about it, there's a lot of kids up that way that they can pick from. There certainly is, mate. And again, harking back to you know when you first came down in '05. And I, and I remember that time of the competition. We had two first grade teams in that in that pooling area in terms of I think they were the Northern Blues at that point, and also Raymond Terrace were both in the first grade competition. So it's a far cry for those few years where there was no team in that area um, in terms of that top tier rugby league. So it's great to see the aspiration and what looks like a, a fairly um, set out path now for returning to the top tier of uh, district football. 
Yeah, and I, I was only uh, talking to someone the other day about it. I, I remember when I first uh, come down, like it was an 18 round competition, and then you'd play probably three semi finals. And but now, when the two Port Stevens teams, you know, obviously left the competition, I remember a couple of years there was only like a 14 round, like you'd only play 14 games during the year. And yeah, it's it, it's not um it's not good to be only playing 14, 14 games, but that's where it is now, man. I think it's back to 18, 18 round games, which is good. Um, more footy, the better. Yeah, exactly, mate. And if we if we get Northern Hawks into into the Net Engineering Cup, and potentially there's talk of maybe another coast side joining as well, that'd take us to twelve teams. Which, as you say, going back to two thousand and five, the competition only retracted. So to see it expanding has been great. Obviously, Wong and the entrance coming in is great for the competition overall. And if we get another two teams in there, maybe we go to twenty two rounds, mate. And that'd be a, a, a cracking season of footy. Yeah, that's about to be a long year. Um, twenty-two games. That's that's a lot of footy, man. Um, they'd probably have to start a little bit earlier, I reckon. So, but yeah, be, the more the more the merrier, I reckon. Like you get to play different different uh, clubs every week. Um, you're not playing the same the same clubs when it was, you know, back to that 14, 14 rounds or eight teams or something like that. Yeah, certainly, mate. And we're seeing that in some of the lower in some of the second division competitions at the moment. There's a bit of a struggle there, but that's a topic for another day, mate. Before we get into having a look at the reserve grade and 19s comps that the Northern Hawks are participating in, mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple of quick fire questions at you in terms of some of the, the teammates and opponents you've played against in the what's now 2005 to 2022. What's that? 18 years, mate. I'm making you feel old, probably. Um, that you've been wow. you've been down here, and, and I reckon you've probably got another one or two in you, especially if the Hawks do uh, push into first grade, and, you, and you're there to add to that depth in the squad that they're going to undoubtedly put together, um, mate. The the toughest teammate and the toughest opponent that you've had in that time. Uh, I answered this question the, uh, the other day on my little daughter's podcast. Um, the toughest the toughest teammate that I've probably played with and. And I'll also say that I played against would have to be PJ Ellis. Um, PJ, mate, if you run straight at PJ, he'd put you on your backside. No matter, you know, how hard you run at him, he'd always find a way to put you on your backside. Um, he was arguably one of the toughest footballs that I've ever played with, mate, in the Newey comp. Yeah, he's certainly pound for pound, one of the uh, strongest hitters I've ever seen. Um, and, and probably, I guess... Surprising to think that he the only played you know those, that small handful of games. He certainly had the ability to um, to go on to um, play some more games at that top level. Uh, but but you know that's an aside. Um, in terms of it, mate, uh, the best, the most talented teammate and opponent in that time in the Newcastle competition. And feel free to mate, name a few the, here if you need. Um, one that comes straight to mind um, was me, my old partner in crime at, at Maitland, uh, Mick Moore. Um, me and Mick never played with each other leading up to our time at Maitland, and yeah, as soon as we as soon as we started at six and seven, Noli Dent was our coach. Um, mate, me and Mick just clicked. Um, I really enjoyed playing with Mick. He was um, the type of half that would let you do your thing, and you know I used to let him do his thing, and I think that's why we were so good when we, you know, had that golden era at Maitland. Um, you know, we didn't um, override or complicate it. We just had that, you know, that free-flowing type of footy. And, yeah, if he wanted the ball, he got it. If I, if I wanted it, I got it. And, uh, you know, that worked for us. And it, it was good. We won two premierships. So, yeah. 
that was, that was awesome. I, I think if memory serves, they um, they picked you both up on good enough deals. That that was the era when Maitland went so well that they didn't project for it with the uh, cap, and there had to be some allowances made and different things, which was obviously just a reflection on how well you gelled. Whereas they probably expected that was going to take a little bit longer. Uh, it was one of those really really strange situations where they just hadn't really expected it to thrive as quickly as it had. Yeah, it was. Um, I still remember. I was away. I was away in um, Cairns on a on a work trip, and yeah, got the phone call to say that we needed to take a pay cut because we were nearly over the cap. Um, yeah, we we sort of looked at our team that year, and you, you look around at preseason, and you know, like an, a new face would turn up, and then you know we ended up getting all them players from Raymond Terrace, and then we picked up you know a few few other guys along the way, and uh, we ended up we ended up having a pretty good team that year. It was um, it was awesome, mate. It certainly, um, and it reflects in those two premierships, mate. Now, um, mate, uh, who, the biggest character that you played with, and again, happy for you to name a couple. We don't have to go too in-depth into some stories because I know just from our time at Lakes, there's some stories that probably uh, might, might be a little bit later at night than our podcast normally uh, is listened to. <laughs> yeah, mate, um, I've played with a lot of you know, a lot of different, different people, but I'd have to say my time at Lakes was the funniest. Um, we had some characters out there. Um, you know, Chop, Aaron Morris, he only read on, read on one of my posts the other day, you know, congratulations, you know, we had some fun times and, mate, it was just all different characters that come out of me and I think that's what, you know, what made it like. I used to, you know, put on some, some voices and, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Chop loved it. Yeah, I, I have a recollection of uh, that year that I was out there, mate. Uh, Les Morgan, Uncle Les Morgan used to make a few appearances, one of your alter egos, which was always entertaining, had the boys in stitches, so... I think if we ask some of the boys that you've played with, you'd probably rate up there as one of the characters. And mate, I certainly enjoyed the year being at the same club yeah. as you. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought I lighten everything up, man. I'm a people's person. Um, you know, everybody loves being around me, and if I can make you laugh at training, you know, I think we're all winning. So, yeah, I sort of settled down a little bit, you know. Um, now, now that we're up at the horse and we've got a lot of younger kids, um, yeah, you got to pick pick your time when you you know when you carry on like a goose or. Yeah, it's not, not too bad. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting time at Lakes, wasn't it? I, I, and I guess I'd love your thoughts. And obviously, on the field, there wasn't as much success as, as people might have liked in that, especially in that sort of 08 season after they'd won a couple of premierships and then were in the you know the club was in a bit of financial challenges. But um, I can't remember in a few of the clubs I've been involved in having a, a more enjoyable season around just a crew of people from first grade through to third grade. Everyone was quite thick together. And um, yeah, the social outings and even just training, it was so enjoyable. Yeah, it was 2008 was yeah was a tough year after everything that happened, like winning the premierships and then yeah we sort of just few of us hung around and yeah we knocked a few I think we knocked a few top teams off that year yep. like um yeah we we went all right but yeah I think it was what we what we done away away from footy um yeah we we kept the place um yeah pretty pretty laughable and yeah it was pretty fun mate that I think that's what made it. Uh, made my time at Lakes, and I was still a lot of good friends, mate, that I um, still still see today. That yeah, always talk about the good times that we had at Lakes. Um, yeah, it was really good, mate. Certainly was, mate. Um, but let's let's jump back into the current time, mate, and let's have a little bit of a chat about the season so far for the Northern Hawks. We touched on the 19s before. They've had a bit of, I guess, an up and down season. They've they've had some real glimpses of the promise that's there and. Uh, undoubtedly, that's you know a building piece having that junior side coming from nowhere last year. Um, they've faced some challenges, but they're still within striking distance of, of the top five with with a handful of games remaining. And and I'm assuming that's probably the 
the goal is to, to go as close to or sneak into that fifth spot if they can. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see if the boys can you know get a couple of wins and sneak into that fifth spot. Like uh, I only said this the other day. The thing the thing I what I like about our nineteen team is that um you know like that the scoreboard um, doesn't reflect on what type of people they are. Um, they get, they're getting beat, but they they keep turning up. Um, you know, and I think that's the that's the mateship coming out of them. Um, really enjoy being around each other, and I, I reckon if um you know if that was somewhere else than playing in a team and they're getting flogged every week, I think there'd be a few people that you know probably wouldn't turn up or pull the pin. Or so full credit to our nineteens boys, they they keep turning up for each other, and yeah, a win's not too far away, and I think they only need a couple of wins to maybe get in the fives. So. Hopefully they can do it. Yeah, I think at the moment, according to the ladder online, they're sitting two wins outside and they've got a couple of winnable games on the road home. So we look forward to seeing them uh, hopefully uh, give it a red-hot crack and it might come down to the last round and maybe get a nice little sneaky uh, upset win or two um, over the, some of those sides that are above them, which might throw a cat amongst the pigeons. So we'll wait and see on that. Speaking of yeah. throwing a cat amongst the pigeons, mate, your reserve grade side, a little bit of a, a slower start. You lost some quite tight ones early on, six points, two points, eight points, two points. At the midpoint of the, of the season, you were sort of half and half in terms of wins and losses. Was there, I guess, a, a feeling of some missed opportunities in those early games or, or what was the attitude, you know, going back a few weeks when you would got through the first round of the competition? Yeah, well, when you look at it, mate, um, you know, I think, a lot of people just expected us to win at the start of the year, but you know what they need to understand: we lost eleven players from our team from last year, so we sort of had to regroup and rebuild of what we had. And yeah, we we um, you know we didn't play a game for the first three weeks, so that probably cost us a little bit. And we, we got a few trials that were washed out, and yeah, just a slow start to the, the season. But um, yeah, we I think you know. Look, few of our games at the start of the year, we scored more tries than the other team, but it was our goal kicking that was letting us down, and um, yeah, and then one game against Maitland, we got run down, I think it was winning like 22 to 6 or something like that, and Maitland run us down, and yeah, but we've, um, hopefully we've turned the corner, mate, we've, we've had a few wins, I think we've had four on the trot now, so it, it sort of helps the Tuesday night when you're winning, it's always good to go to training, and yeah. Yeah, certainly, mate. Not, not too bad at the moment. And, and, and looking at, you know, those that first round, like Lakes and South, who you've just played, you know, a six-point loss and a two-point win turned into two 40-point wins in the second round. And obviously the confidence is starting to build. I'm, I'm assuming with that 11 players is quite a significant change. So the cohesion's starting to get there and, and not wanting to put the mockers on you. But there's two big opportunities, certainly in the next two weeks, coming up against Maitland and West, who sit you know right at the top of that ladder at the moment. They're second and third just in front of you, one and two points respectively. Yeah, well, when you look at our, our first five games, I think we play, you know, like all the top teams. Um, but it was good. It was good because you know we can we can see where we're at. Um, but yeah, definitely a tough one this weekend going to Maitland. Um, they they've been going good, but and yeah, then we have West the week the week after, mate, and they've been yeah, uh, floating along really well, winning some games. So we're just a week to week team, mate. Um, try and you know worry about who we play this week and then move on to the following week. Yeah, certainly, mate. I understand taking it a week at a time. And I guess just in wrapping up, mate, I'm looking at the competition and, and looking at some of the results, it's it's not, not so much a topsy-turvy competition, but certainly, you know, on, on their give, given day, anyone that turns up and performs can, can get the result. And I think that's probably exemplified by looking from Macquarie down to Lakes. There's 
six teams sort of separated by three or four points. So you, you do know that, you know, a couple of wins and you could be up the top, but also a couple of losses and you could all of a sudden be really chasing your tail in terms of making the finals. So this run home is really crucial. Yeah, it is really crucial, mate. But this, this is where you want to be. I think this is where you need to be playing your best footy, leading into these last, you know, these last round games that um, uh, are important moving into the semis. Um, so hopefully we've turned a corner. And yeah, the ga- there's a lot of games and results that you look at. I think what's happening is teams are beating other teams and just sort of keeping them thereabouts. Like um, no one sort of, you know, jumped away from the pack. I know Maitland jumped away from the pack pretty early, but. Yeah, they lost two games and sort of come back down towards the pack. And, yeah, it's, it's really tight at the moment, mate. So it's important that we, we keep winning. Yeah, we've certainly seen that across all the grades. And Maitland, a great example in both first and reserves where they sort of got an early break on the competition. But a couple of quick results and all of a sudden it's um, anyone's to take out. So... Uh, you can't rest on your laurels in these competitions and, and it's great to see, I think, for the depth of Newcastle Rugby League that the competition is looking like that. But, uh, mate, we, we will let you get back to it. I appreciate 20 minutes of your time this evening. Uh, congratulations on the 250. Undoubtedly, we'll see you for a few more yet, especially uh, over the next couple of years if the Hawks continue to push on. I reckon you've probably got another couple of years in you. What do you reckon? Yeah, we'll see how we go. Well, I'm on, I'm on 199 first grade games and 51 Reggies, so... Um I reckon I could play 300 easy. So we'll see how I go, eh? And if the Hawks get in the first grade, mate, you'll, you'll be able to tick off that 200 first grade games finally as well. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully I can get 200. That'll be good. It would be, be good to massive, see, mate. So. Mate, great to see you. Great, great yeah. personality of the competition and a great bloke, mate. Um, I'm, I'm thankful to call you a mate and uh, thankful for your, your time again on the podcast as you've been on with us in previous years. No, thanks for having me, brother. Um, take care of yourself and I'll definitely see you around the trap. Well, it's time to dig into the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League and after dealing with and digging into the A-grade competition last week with a former Windale Eagle, we transitioned to a current Windale Eagle this week in the terms of one of their, well, I was going to call you a half, but you're almost a backline utility and a bit of a, a super sub. There's not much you can't do uh, and you've played plenty of those spots across your absolutely mammoth career now, mate, out there at Windale. It's Matt Garrick. Matt, welcome back to the show. G'day, Chris. How are you, mate? Always good to have a yarn about the local footy. Hey, always good to have you on the show. And, uh, mate, I saw, saw you uh, re- reeling out in the centres there, although, uh, mate, you're not the oldest centre that's that's pulled on the jersey this year for Window, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, mate, I've found myself in uh, a few different spots this year, anywhere from hooker, wing, lock, centre, half. But, uh, yeah, started in the centres the last few weeks. I don't mind a bit. Bit extra space out wide now. I'm a bit older. It's good. Uh, you, you'd, you'd be giving away a kilo or two to some of your opponents, though. I think in B grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Get those wide running back rollers coming at me all day, but you know, it's all part of the job. Certainly is, mate. Um, window going quite well at the moment, sitting up there. Well, equal first, uh, just four, four and against points behind University. So not much separating you after Curry managed to knock them off on the weekend. Yeah, it's very close up the top there, mate. Um, we don't get to play uni again until the final. So, yeah, it's sort of a, a race to who see who gets that number one spot. Um, we'll definitely be going for it. And, yeah, it's going to come down to the end there. There's a couple of other teams that are not too far behind as well with a couple of games to catch up. So, yeah, it's a really good comp this year to be great. 
Certainly is, mate. Um, I think something like seven games are remaining for the majority of the competition, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, some catch-up games to be played. So, still plenty of twists in the tail. Um, your, your opponents from last week, Swansea, they're on eight points. After the results from the weekend, you've got Northern Lakes, uh, Curry, Shortland, Glendale, all sitting outside on five, six, seven, and seven. And then it's not, you know, basically third through to ninth. They're separated only by three games with some of the teams having sort of uh, nine or ten games to catch up. Uh, sorry, yeah, nine or eight or nine games to catch up. There's, uh, it's, it's certainly any anyone's for the taking, and uh, you have a bit of a rough run of form, and you could quickly find yourself at the bottom of the ladder again too. You could, mate. Yeah, um, things can change quick with a couple of wins or a couple of losses, especially when it's, it's congested around that middle and lower table there. So um, the results will definitely be interesting over the next few weeks as teams try to get into that top five and push towards the finals. Yeah, correct. And a couple of those sides, obviously, Qatar and Swansea, they've probably got the, the most to gain because they've got all those extra games in hand. But they're also in the position that that's a, a double-edged sword, as we were just talking about off-air, mate. Yeah, they'll be uh, a doubling up on a few midweek games. And, you know, three games a week isn't ideal for blokes that are just, you know, uh, you know just turning up for a game and, and not professional athletes and take a few days for the body to recover. So, you know adds to the chance of injuries and stuff like that. So I think the teams that have got less games to catch up are probably in the best position at the moment. Yeah, it certainly helps uh, in those situations, doesn't it, to sort of just have that, I guess, the regular um, one game a week sort of to get through. But, mate, let's let's have a bit of a chat about the weekend's, um, sorry, the, the weekend's fixture. You came up in the local rivalry up against Swansea. There's no love lost. There's a few boys that have pulled on the colours of both clubs. Uh, none more famous than one of our guests who was on here last time. We are talking about B-grade Aaron Chop Morris, and he actually got a mention in our Newcastle Rugby League segment a little bit earlier today with Jade Porter saying he was one of the uh, the best characters that he's played alongside, which you know, <laughs> undoubtedly will go to Chop's head, mate. But a um, bit, bit of banter in the lead-up to that one between yourself and Chop and a few of the other boys? Uh, not really me and Chop, no. I don't think we had much to say. He was down at Wyndale the week before when we played Katara, having a bit of a having a bit of a gander as he does. So he probably had a bit of um a bit of beef a bit of beef, sorry, a bit of uh bit of banner with Scoot and a couple of the other boys in the crowd. But um I, I did hear that he said they were gonna put twenty on us, but uh you know, that they he probably thought that was coming when they were twelve mil up after about ten minutes. But um yeah, we um managed to get their measure in the end. So yeah, it was good to get a win out there. It's a hard ground to get a win. I, I think the last few times we've been out there they've um They've got the two points, so, um, yeah, we're really happy to get the two points out there this week. Yeah, certainly 28-12 running away winners. I think the only only blip on the radar is the fact that you let Chop, chop and Cade. I mean, Cade from close range <laughs> yeah. is pretty hard to stop, but letting Chop score, geez, that's that's a bit rough. Yeah, he, untouched too, and I, I swear a few times we've played him, he, he's gone through untouched. He, he runs a nice hole there, and, um, yeah, it wasn't much talk in the defence, and he's gone straight through untouched, but... Um, yeah, at the end of the day, we got the two points, so that that makes me happy. <laughs> Certainly, well, mate. And, and looking at the score sheet, mate. Um, obviously, your your work, sort of the the stuff that doesn't register in the numbers, because mate, your centre partner is absolutely carrying the centre pairing. Yeah, believe it or not, that was his first two tries of the year. He got off the nudie, <laughs> so he was stoked with that, Charlie. Um, but the game was sort of in the balance, and we put up a midfield bomb and. He's he's got under it and scored under the sticks, and that really turned momentum with about twenty minutes to go, where it was a fair tussle before that. So 
Um, and he's our goal here too. He had a really good game. He's been going, been going really good, goals. Certainly has, mate. And it'd be remiss of me not to mention, I, no- I noticed a name that's popped up on your team sheet. He was in the Jersey 19 on the weekend. Certainly wouldn't hurt the bolstering of your forward pack, a bloke by the name of Jaden Tung, who's been around the traps for quite a while. Yeah, mate. Tungy's first game on the weekend. He, um, there was sort of talk a few months. He said he might come down and see what happens. I, I see him around a bit. And then all of a sudden last week, it was like, oh, the missus give me the green light. I'll be training. And, um, we had four or five out this week. So he managed to jag a spot on the bench. And yeah, he'll be, he'll be very handy for our, um, for our team. He's a, you know, he's a toiler. He, he works hard, tackles hard, runs hard. And, you know, um, you can't ask for much more. No, you fit in well with, with some of those boys in your forward pack, the likes of your skipper, Josh Brett, who's pretty much cut from the same cloth, mate. You know, not, not the, neither of them the biggest forwards, but both of them just will work until, you know, from minute one to minute 80 if they have to get through all of them. Yeah, mate, and that's that's pretty much what our pack and our team always is. We never have the biggest team or, you know, the, you know any standout individuals, but we, you know, we train hard and we play hard and, yeah, we... um. We're gonna go. We're gonna go pretty close to um, taking it away this year, I think. If we can keep everyone on the park and um, yeah, keep working hard, I, I think we'll be we'll be right up there come the end of the season. Has been a few years for the club. The club always reasonably successful, but it's been a few years. I think the last time we might be going back to the last grand finals at Number One Sports Ground, C Grade, knocking off East Maitland since since uh, the Eagles have won a title. Yeah, mate, that was uh, 2018. That was. Um, yeah, if, if we could do that again, that that would be that would be lovely, mate. Maybe one more before I sail off into the sunset. Who knows? I, I feel I feel like you might have been seeing, seeing from a similar <laughs> hymn book back then, mate. If I remember correctly, <laughs> that you you were on one leg for half the grand final and no legs for the for the end of it. And mate, uh, I, I think there's a video floating around on the League Castle page of of your your hobbling antics afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I think the body's going better now than it was five years ago. I've always said I'll be one bad injury away from giving it away, but it just hasn't come. You're like a good red wine, mate. You're getting better with age. <laughs> yeah. Recovering a bit better now. I think a bit smarter about the way I play. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it, mate. I like it. So in in terms of things, mate, obviously you've been around at that club for quite a while now. You've been part of the fabric of the club. What What is it that, you know, that, that's kept Windale in that sort of, you know, cycle that no matter what, you know, grade they're in there. You're always up amongst it, whether it's A grade down to C grade. Um, there's that real competitive spirit about the side, and it doesn't seem to matter who rolls through. And there's been, you know, in the time you've been there, there's been a lot of players through the door. Some of them disappear and come back, and even when you know the battle cry goes out, some of them make make reappearances. As a couple of names like Robbie Payne have this year, mate. So, um, what is it that, that's really key to that culture down there around the club that that just keeps you, you know, no matter how far against the odds you are, you guys always seem to be in the fight. Yeah, I, well, we've had a lot of a core group of players that have been there for a long time. Like, there's a lot of blokes that have been there for on and off for the last ten years, and you know, a, a hell of a lot of blokes that have played over fifty games. And um, some years were in A grade. Most years we've been in A grade. Others we dropped down a bit. But I think at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to training. And so it doesn't matter what grade you're in. If you train hard and you um, and you're fit, then you you give yourself a chance of winning it. So. Didn't matter if we dropped down grades; we were still training exactly the same. So that's probably a reason why we're competitive most years, even if you haven't got the cattle. So yeah, and a, a, a lot of Windale juniors. There's a lot of the blokes there. I'd say eighty percent of the blokes have all been Windale juniors, so pretty tight knit and all good mates. So 
Yeah. Um, been good, mate. It's been good over like 15, 20 years now and a lot of good mates and, um, yeah, still some more good times to come. Yeah, certainly, mate. And, and a few characters behind the scenes too, mate, that I've, I've had the pleasure of getting to know. Obviously, uh, first of all, talk about your man with the clipboard who, if you ever stand within shouting distance of a window change room, if window's behind at half time, there's, there's sure to be an absolute cracking one-liner. It might not make much sense, but it'll be a good one-liner from KG, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been pretty subdued this year, actually. He does he does enjoy a blow up every now and then. Um, most of the times, it comes out of the blue. You you, you think you're going really well, and you'll cop one. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a character that's for sure, and he he gets the best out of the boys. He's um, yeah, he's, um, he's 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 a character that's for sure. He's old school. The boys like him because he's uh, you know, the older boys like the old school nature of his, what he's about and. You know, just want you to go out there, run hard, tackle hard, play football. That's 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 his mottos. Yeah, I, I've had the pleasure of dealing with KG over a number of years. From when he's, you know, some of his boys who are now in your side were playing juniors, and he was always he might a strained relationship might have been the way that he had with a lot of the referees. But I got along quite well with him. He called a spade a spade, and you were never left short of knowing what KG was thinking at most points. But I think one of my favourites is, and I think it might have been two years ago, or might have been last year. Um, refereeing a game out there at Windale and I was in the sheds listening to the, you know, obviously you can hear it's not exactly the biggest change room set up there and I could hear KG, I think you basically offered offered the Ford pack some milk and told them if they're going to behave like cats that that's what they needed, a saucepan of milk or a saucer of milk and I thought, yeah, he's cutting straight to the core there is KG. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I, I don't know who he directed that but uh, he, he definitely was uh, referring to someone or people as cats and that they uh, <laughs> should have a... a uh, dish of milk, yeah, I, <laughs> I do remember that. And, and mate, the, the other bloke that needs to mention, and you, and you did drop his name in a little bit before, is, is Scooter. Um, he is absolutely fabric of the club. I mean, it's fortunate that he's trying to avoid watching his Tigers at the moment, so he's got plenty of time to invest in Windale. Yeah, mate, he's uh, he's been on board for a long time, and he was probably ten years now in a committee role. But um, he was he's been down there well before that. Um, as water boy and you know hurl and abuse and stuff like that as he does he he, he doesn't do that as much anymore because he's not on the can while um, while we're playing but you know anyone that's um, got in a slang and match with a scoop before knows what he's like <laughs> he's got a pretty sharp tongue but he, he's a good bloke mate, and he's absolutely part of the fabric down Definitely. there and first bloke when you know you go down there whether it's as a you know and obviously I've been down there as a referee been down there with the sort of podcast stuff and that he's always happy to have a chat, talk footy, absolutely chew your ear off about it, but also make you feel welcome there. And, and even with the other sides, you know, he um, he's he's very good to make sure that, you know, everyone's looked after and everyone's going to enjoy their day out at Window, whether it's, you know, whether you're an opponent, a Window player or, or a match official or just a punter turning up. So um, I, don't, I don't think enough credit can go to guys like that that sit behind the scenes. Definitely, mate, definitely, yeah. He, he puts a lot of time and effort into it. You know, he, he can't be out on the field with the boys, so he does his part, what he can behind the scenes and, and yeah, all the boys appreciate what he does, and he's yeah, he's very good for the club, very good at what he does. He certainly is, mate. But let's let's move along. Let's have a look. We're, we're heading into round eleven now. As I said, sort of you know, six rounds ago, most teams with at least one, if not two or three, catch up games to play. Let's have a look, mate. You've seen most of the teams. Let's have a look at round eleven. Get your thoughts on it. I obviously know who you're going to be tipping at Mickbird Oval on Saturday, and that's going to be an absolute cracker as you take on a resurgent Cardiff team. We might talk about that first up. There'll be plenty of these boys 
Windale and Cardiff have sort of been much of a muchness in terms of that sort of stuff we're talking about before where, you know, throwing above their weight, just absolutely grinding, turning up, whether it's, you know, and Cardiff have been in A grade for so many years, even when they've been throwing well above their weight. So these two clubs have come up against each other any number of times in the, in the time you've played. And there's a few of the boys that have been there for, for most of that period. Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I think this is maybe only the first or second year. I can't remember being in A grade since I started and, you know, We've probably played A grade eleven of the last fifteen years or whatever, and they were there every time. So, we've, yeah, definitely had plenty of battles with them, and um, still a few of their old boys going around. I seen Bubba Roy played last week in the in the old boys that old boys day. So I don't know whether he's back around or he's uh, just coming for that game. And you know, Jenna is still around. And a couple of the other old fellas, um, Mido in the centres. He's been around forever too. We'll be opposing each other next week, I'm sure. So. Um, yeah, good to battle with them. Yeah, so, certainly a side, as you say. You know, you've got, you know, Daniel Jennison's been around forever and day. And there's a few of the sides that have got those players as well. Like Jeno, I feel like, has been, you know, in between going and playing grade for a while, has been, you know, him and his family have been involved in the club, you know, as long as some of those guys you're talking about at Windale and obviously, you know, Mido and some of those guys as well. So it's good when you've got that ongoing, I guess, um, relationship with the club and ongoing players that you're coming up against regularly. Um, as opposed to some of the other clubs where it might have been a bit more flash in the pan with, with some of their you know players that might come and go for one or two years. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's, well, some of the clubs now. I, I, some of the clubs we played this year, I, I can't even. I don't even know one player in the team. I don't know if it's just I'm getting old and they got young teams, or <laughs> but yeah, then you play other teams and you know you know six or ten blokes that you've been playing against for a long time and you, you enjoy battling with them and you know have a yarn after the game and uh, you know give each other a few jibes. So, um, Cardiff, you know, they obviously got us in the 2014 GF and we, we never ever hear the end of that. Uh, it haunts me to this day, but, you know, we might get them back in another GF one day. Yeah, who, who knows? Could even be this year. Both sides are going quite well. You've got the chocolates over them earlier in the year and I'm sure you'd like to make it two from two at this point, mate. So we'll move on to the, the other games of the uh, the round and, and get your thoughts on those. Um, let's, let's have a look. Saturday afternoon, and as I think most, if not all, again, all games will be Saturday at 3 o'clock. Bower Oval. This one's an interesting one, and it's pretty key. Glendale, they're sitting just outside the top five on seven points. They take on Northern Lakes. Northern Lakes, uh, maybe surprisingly, after having been in A grade last year, they're, they're battling a little bit, just the one win to their name. But as we talked about before, they're not that far away still in, in a few of their games. So on, on their given day, they can give it a crack and... Mate, uh, if there's a bloke that can make you feel young, it's certainly the halfback for Glendale, Troy Forbes, who's still running around, I think, at the ripe right old age of about 75. Yeah, Forbes, he's still out there. Oh, we played him a few weeks ago. I got I got him with a little good shot, and he tried to get me back with one after. It was a yeah, bit of fun and games for the old fellas. Um, Northern Lakes, we played them in the first their first game of the year, which was probably round four or five. So they hadn't played a trial, hadn't played a game at all, hadn't trained, so... It's hard to get a gauge on how good they were. I know how much we improved after a couple of games on the park. So, you know, they'd probably be a whole different team to what when, when we played against them. Yeah, so, certainly a hard one to gauge. Glendale, another side that are sort of a little up and down. Like I saw them play against Cardiff in the wet the other week and they, um, they, they put up a good showing of themselves. They've got a couple of ex-Cardiff boys there, the likes of Freddie Campbell. So they're certainly not short of talent. Um, and and they'd, they'd, they'd be really keen on making sure they get this one as a win to in, uh, keep in touch with the top five. Yeah, definitely. I, I think at home I'd go Glendale. We played them out there a few weeks ago and they were missing a few forwards, but um, 
at home in the lower hunter comp, I think you're going to win more games than you lose. So they turn up and play some decent footy. I think they'll get the two points. Yeah, certainly, mate. Now let's have a look at your co-ladder leaders, the University Seahorses. They take on Shortland. Obviously, University will be pretty disappointed with a, with a loss to uh, Curry last week, their first of the season. And look, Shortland and Uni, there's no love lost between these two clubs over history. They're, they're next-door neighbours, essentially. Um, so th- this one will be an absolute cracker. Shortland will be up for it, but you'd have to think Uni would head in as reasonably warm favourites, as you said. One, they're playing at home. Two, they're sitting atop the ladder. Yeah, I think if uni's anywhere near full strength, I think they'll be a bit too fit and play a bit too fast for football for sure. When when we played them out there at the uni, they were they were very quick and ran us off our feet early, and um, that was the only game we've lost so far. It was it was two points in the end, but the speed of the game they played, we just felt like we were hanging in all games. So I think if they bring that sort of game to most teams, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, certainly an interesting way they go about it because they tend to be, you know, with them being the, the students and those sorts of things there. They're, they're younger and fitter than most of the sides. Um, but your side is a side that, you know, generally can rely on that, you know, I guess the speed and mobility of packs. So for you to say that you're, you guys were sort of somewhat run off your feet by them is, is saying something about the tempo they can play at for 80 minutes. Yeah, definitely. I think it was early in the season. I think now it might be different. I think they... They were they were a lot fitter than us at the time then, and, and yeah, we really we really struggled to keep up. But I thought um, we sort of just felt like we were hanging in there. But um, unfortunately, we don't get to play them again until the finals. But if we do, I'm sure we'll know how to attack them next time. But um, yeah, I, I think if they're anywhere near their best, they'll um, get the two points over Shortland. Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, on to the final game, noting that Curry have the bye this weekend. This this one's an interesting one as well. Katara, hard to probably get a read on. They're sitting in fourth. They've won three of their five games that they've played. They've had two buys as well. So um, they're sitting two points in front of Swansea. So it's a key game for both sides. Katara and Swansea, both those, probably the two sides are going to be most impacted by a log jam on the way home. Uh, this one will be an interesting one. As I said, not much of a read on Katara, but you've seen Swansea last week. How do you think this stacks up? Mate, that'll be be a very interesting game. Um, actually, we played Qatar the other week, and they were another team that played pretty quick. We went try for try with them and sort of just got it over them in the last 20. Um, Swansea, they started really quick against us, big forwards rolling off the back of each other. Um, and same thing, we sort of got over them the last 20. Um, so I think it'll be a very, very interesting game. Cardiff, I mean... Uh, Swansea hadn't had a game for a few weeks, so they'll probably be underdone. So, I mean, um, if both teams are at full strength, I think it'll be a pretty good game. Um, where's that one at? Is that Qatar or so, Swansea? No, it's d- down at Swansea, but I've, I've got to commend the, the, the how, how's the professionalism. Qatar already on Tuesday night have their team list uploaded for Saturday's game. And the big, the big inclusion is the man who, last time I saw a photo of him, he was standing wearing the number two jersey on the bench, Carl Younger, mate, who you know quite well. Uh, is is he going to be the difference for Katara here? Any chance? Oh, he might be, mate. He might be. He might um, come in and uh, kamikaze on uh, chop and take him out early. You never know. Well, I was going to say, it's going to be the, the battle of the um, two biggest chicken fans I know, mate. Yeah, it's going to be a battle of the two biggest chicken fans I know, mate. So it's going to be a battle of Henny Penny versus KFC. Carl Younger is, an, is the official ambassador for <laughs> Henny Penny, and uh, he's trying to take it up to Darwin, where, where he and I both spent some time. While Chop is well-known in rugby league circles for his absolute fondness, and, and I think he's kept uh, Belmont KFC in business for the last 10 years. So 
could, could be the defining factor of you know the ultimate way to decide who's better, KFC or Henny Penny, based on the winner of this game. I think my news feed on Facebook is just full of people tagging shopping KFC stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just Aaron Morris tagging something about KFC. He, but, um, he is the heir apparent to Colonel Sanders. Yeah. No, nah, it'll um it'll be a good battle out there. If we weren't playing at the same time, I'd go out and watch that because um, Katara Katara are a very good side and um, they. They attack the game different to most teams. Did they were fast through the middle and dummy half? And that's a good wide runner back rowers where Swansea sort of all about their power game. They, they were very physical early and um, they come hard. So if they can sustain that for a long period of time, they'll be you know they'll be a very hard team to beat. Um, yeah, at home, if they feel the same team that they did last week against us, I think I think they'll get the two points against Qatar, but. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if Katara won either. Lovely, mate. No, I think that one's going to be an absolute cracker. There's some really good games in this competition this week and, and pretty much every round. That's the, the great thing with this competition. It's so close. So if the punters are out there and you've got one of these B-grade sides within driving distance, get down, enjoy a steak sandwich, enjoy some blue cans and uh, just y- yell at both teams if you're not supporting either. Um, but enjoy the footy. It's absolutely good quality, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show as always. Thank you for your time, mate. And, and hopefully we'll uh, be able to get another video of you um, getting right amongst it on Grand Final Day, this time um, a bit more ably bodied in 2022. Mate, that'd be, that'd be sensational. There's a few boys down there that are that are, haven't been quite as uh, fortunate as myself winning Grand Finals. They've been around there for a long time and just been injured or had the year off when we've won and be It'd be really good for them to, you know, get a grand final too. And they say they're going to retire, but they won't. They'll kick on like me. Oh, mate, that's, that's, that's we'll the double-edged sword. We'll go around next year. I was going to say, it's a double-edged <laughs> sword of winning the grand final rather than hanging up and going out on top. You're like, bugger it, I'll try and go back-to-back, back, right? Yeah. That's one thing we've never done, actually. That'd be nice. <laughs> oh, that might be the sign for you. If you can go 2022, 2023, and then hang up the boots and call it a day, uh, mate. But again, thank you, mate. I'll let you get back to the family and uh, look forward to catching up with you um, for a beer and some more rubbish footy talk around the grounds in the not-too-distant future. Sounds good, mate. Always good to have a chat. Well, it's been an absolutely bumper episode, uh, one of our longest of the year, but it's been well worth it to sit down with three great guests, including our regular co-host brought to us by Junkyard Skips, Josh Spiegelman with the Stats Man rap. Of course, we didn't touch on the leaderboard this week. You will have if you were astutely listening, noted that. We've given it a little bit of a spell this week because we figured that we already had plenty to cover. Next week will be the final leaderboard for the Stats Man Stats Performer of the Year brought to us by Junkyard Skips. And then it's going to go behind curtains. We will still do the three, two, and one each week. So if you want to keep your own scoreboard, you'll get a bit of an insight into who's leading and who's going to win heading into the final rounds or at the conclusion of the final round. But we will put it behind closed doors uh, in terms of the overall leaderboard. So a little bit of sort of, I guess, suspense and building there. But if you want to get that last snapshot of it, Make sure you tune into next week's show, episode 15. Uh, on top of that, today we sat down and had a chat with the freak, Jade Porter. Uh, he is the freak in more ways than one. One, in terms of his longevity in these competitions. Two, in terms of his ability as a rugby league player. And three, in terms of that absolutely magnificent record. Seven premierships across 18 seasons. A couple of those interrupted by COVID, mind you. 
and a great chance to add an eighth to that this year. And I'm sure he'd love to go on to a couple more. He did talk about it on there. He wants to get to 300 games. That's another 50 games. That's, by my maths, at least two more seasons, if not three more, which, again, we'll have him playing on until he's about 39 or 40, which, again, if anyone can do it, the freak can do it. And last but not least, another stalwart of the Newcastle competitions who'll bring up his own milestone either late this year or early next year, Matt Garrick from the Windale Eagles. Uh, primarily a half and hooker. He's found a new home out in the centres there this year and uh, is absolutely loving life there and is part of a Windale side that are sitting equal first in, in the B-grade competition and absolutely killing it. But again, a big thank you to all of our guests, firstly. Secondly, a big thank you to those partner businesses that we do have on board. Uh, Beaver Brewery, Junkyard Skips, Sharp DS Central Coast and Shipley Meats up at Rutherford, all four of them. I'd love it if you could support them. If you get the opportunity or have a need to use services that align with their businesses, please support those who support us. And of course, finally, make sure you jump onto our social media channels and give us a follow. Some opportunity for some prizes later in the year if we can get up to 1,000 followers on our Instagram. We're in the 800s at the moment. It's not a big leap. So share the page around, share our stories, the stats, all those other bits and pieces and and get behind us because we'd love to get there and we'd love to be able to do some giveaways later in the year. Instagram is LeadcastLAU, Facebook, US. Get around it. All our content and all our news is there. And again, finally, on top of our finally, big thank you to you for always tuning in. We appreciate all the listeners that get behind us. We recently hit a milestone of over 20,000 listens since we started four years ago. And on top of those listeners and all the guests that we've had, it just it really is great to have such a platform to talk about local footy and have people tune in and give us their feedback. So keep it on coming. Make sure you get down to your local footy ground this weekend. Enjoy your local footy weather permitting and get behind your team. Support the canines, support those clubs. And we will talk to you all about your local footy again next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lead Castle, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.